from the scorching sun of the Sahara Desert through turbulent waters of the Mediterranean Sea. Many migrants travel through dangerous routes, hoping to get to Europe where they believe the land is greener, with nothing to eat or drink and nowhere to rest their aching bones. Their hopes of getting to the promised land are cut short as most of them lose their lives on the way, and the ones who survive, taken into the captivity of modern slavery. Human trafficking is an age-long transnational crime and a highly lucrative one, which robs people of their human dignity and freedom. The United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime estimates that human trafficking is a $150 billion a year global industry. According to the 2018 Global Slavery Index, there are an estimated 40.3 million victims of modern slavery worldwide. 71% of whom are women and girls, and 25% of whom are children. Fueled by weak governance, poverty, abuse of cultural practices, this modern form of slavery has continued to thrive underground despite efforts to stop it. What is the government doing to stop this ugly trend of human trafficking? And how are those who eventually get saved and make it back into the country reintegrated into the society? Hello and welcome to NOW, a podcast which examines the significant stories in and about Nigeria. I am Bumi Yekini. Zonal commander of NAPTIP, Daniel Tokulu says Nigerians need to be wary of mouth-watering job offers as they are often not what they seem. Again, you have to find out why pick on me. Why the one they are coming to talk to? Doesn't this person trying to take you to UAE? Doesn't he have family members? How many of the family members are still giving this employment to? It is all lies. Returnee David Honor says many migrants are not in a good state of health. Just to tell you to sit down, they will use something to hit your head. They can use iron. They don't care. Before you know, they will split blood. As I am now, they, they have messed me up. I'm not physically okay. Believe you me, everybody that go to Libya and return, they are all sick. They just, just want to declare that they are sick. If I go to a medical check, you know that many of us, we are not okay. Nigeria's Southwest Zonal Director of the National Commission for Refugees, Migrants and Internally Displaced Persons, Margaret Ngozi Ukegu, tells us about the program for rescued migrants. The commission has been uh, has embarked on a number of uh, reintegration programs. We have uh, um, training, we have um, packages that we give them so that at the end of the trainings, of course, they don't go away empty-handed. In 2003, the National Agency for the Prohibition of Trafficking in Persons, NAPTIP, was set up to tackle human trafficking and other related matters in Nigeria. Daniel Tokolo is a zonal director of NAPTIP Lagos Zonal Command. The zonal command is in charge of Oyo, Lagos, and Ogun State in southwestern Nigeria. He told me that the agency has rescued over 16,000 trafficked Nigerians from Libya, Mali, Oman, United Arab Emirates, among others. As we talked just uh, last night, early yesterday morning, we had about 109 Nigerians brought in back from Mali. All of them are not supposedly human uh, victims of human trafficking, but a large significant portion of them are victims. Part of the challenge is they will be masking their stories, maybe because they will feel stigmatized. But we at NAPTIC, we don't stigmatize victims of human trafficking. 
But like I said, even if they are saying they are not victims, we surely must profile them. In the course of profiling, we will find that two patients and things we look at and know that this is actually a victim of human trafficking. And then we'll start to look for appropriate ways to come to them to assist them. Which other countries do they usually go to and why so? Well, they come from Libya, they, they, through Libya, through Mali, through Burkina Faso, uh, the West African uh, sub-region, they have their um, destination they go to. And again, you're talking about uh, Lebanon now, you're talking about Oman, you're talking about uh, UAE, uh, 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 Dubai, Cairo, it, they, all over the world, they have their places they go. So uh, let me take you to the issue of um, travel agencies. We hear they are part of the racketeering of um, trafficking in persons. How true is this? And if it's true, are you able to checkmate in the works of travel agencies? Well, uh, travel agencies, they can act as facilitators to human trafficking, but they know they are punishment. Uh, they will definitely punishment for any travel agency that is caught uh, facilitating the trafficking of Nigeria. Depending upon how the case goes, there are portions of our act that deals with travel agencies, store operators that are caught doing this. And that one that is tends to be popular is this recruitment agencies that come about advertising uh, vocal salaries, two fifty, three hundred thousand per month. You are going to be a driver. You are going to be a female security guard. All these ones. I, some of these things I'm saying. I'm currently working on one or two of them. Even today, we, we are working on something, and uh, we are looking at them. If you say you're a travel agency, if you say you are a recruitment agency, if you, are, if you say you're a tour operator, we have templates to check you whether you are fake or not. And even if you are not fake, we'll have a way of checking whether you have the certification to export Nigerian labor. If you don't have to, if you are committed an offense, I will prosecute you. Again, but we have warning, we tell Nigerians to beware. All these adverts that saying they will get 300000 250000 per month, they are not true. Again, you have to find out why speak on me. Why the one they are coming to talk to? Doesn't this person trying to take you to UAE? Doesn't he have family members? How many of the family members are he giving this employment to? It is all lies. They go there, they are made to do what they cannot. They are not supposed to do. And again, don't be a self-victimized victim. Don't be a victim that participates and contributes to your victimization. Somebody says he's going to take you to go and be a driver in the United Arab Emirates. That is a very highly organized society. You're sure that you are going. Are you a licensed driver? Even if you're a licensed driver from Nigeria, how competent are you with the steering? So uh, there are many things we look at. So apart from prosecuting the tour operators and uh, employment people, the country active gives out to people that be careful. Be careful what adverts you are responding to. Check, and if you're in that, contact NAP people who will help you. Earlier, you talked about receiving returnees from Mali. So how do you ensure that they are properly integrated back into the society? Well, it is our job. We do it. By one hand, we arrest offenders of human trafficking. We search them, we arrest them, we prosecute them in the law courts. By another hand, we rescue victims of human trafficking from exploitative environment. We bring them to our shelter where they are counseled and rehabilitated, they undergo rehabilitation. In the course of counseling them, if they have medical needs, of course, we take care of all this. Again, we look at uh, through their needs assessment, we try to find out what is it 
that they really want to do. Some of them will tell you, I want to do this, I want to do that. The business of uh, rescuing and uh, empowering victims of human trafficking is not what you only one agency can do. There's a, a partnership across the board that we look at those who are working. We have so many people that are interested in helping young ladies between 18 and 25 who are sexually exploited. We have NGOs like that. We have some NGOs that just want to help them to go to school. We have NGOs that want to give them skills acquisition. So we go through this. These are the ways we try to help them empower them. Again, we don't stigmatize our victims. It is right from when we have contact with them. This practice of bringing them and showing their faces, we don't do that. Because we believe that victims are supposed to be entitled to a second chance at life. When we are sure that they have come to a level they can be taken back home, we don't just throw them to their families. We try to do social inquiry. We find out how habitable their uh, family environment is to them. If there are crises, we try to go between them and settle them. Then the family is once more ready to have their daughter back. The girl is looking forward to seeing her family. And then we now reunite them. They become functional members of society. And after some time, we keep on monitoring from the distance until we know that. Section 14 to Section 35 of your Act specifically points to offenses and penalties. Now, how many of these penalties have been meted to people caught, or agencies, or syndicates caught trafficking? Well, the answer to your question is the, is the prosecution that is going on and the prosecution that have taken place in the, in the past. Our act is codified to the extent that even before the offenses are committed, the relevant section that will address that particular issue is there. As a good in the investigator, as you are getting somebody arrested, as you are hearing the story, your mind is foraging. Which aspect am I interrogating? Am I looking at? So the re relevant section comes to mind. And then the prosecutors and the investigators working together, we draft charges. So the charge will say exactly the punishment that's applicable. And then the case is taken to the court. Again, now we have the sex offenders uh, register, the hall of shame for those who have been convicted of crimes of human trafficking and we publish them after due prosecution they are published. Deception is a major tool used by human traffickers to prey on the desperation of Nigerians eager to travel abroad. Miss D, not a real name, an auxiliary nurse, wanted to pursue a career in the United States of America. Her parents paid a man they thought was a travel agent one million naira. That's over $2,500. He told Miss D that she would be traveling through Kano Airport. But rather than flying to the U.S., Ms. D ended up traveling under duress by road to Niger, ending up with several other trafficked victims in the desert city of Agadez. Upon being rescued, she recounted her ordeal to officials of NAPTIP. Is that Agadez they give us gari, five liters of water, sugar, um, granules, blankets? They now told us that we are going to Libya, he said Libya. Libya. Where is Libya? By land or where are we taking our flight? They said we should keep quiet. We are going to face war. This place we are going to. People are dying on the road. I said, hey, people are dying on the road. Okay. The following day, you know, saw them pick up. They park us there. Every, um, like the um, pick up is plenty there. So one for one pick up, like 40 girls, 30 girls inside the, at the back of the, at the back of the pickup there. In fact, people are falling down and dying there. We are just going from that Agades 
to desert that place is very tough in fact we spent 11 days on the road so when we get to that libya they call that place tripoli i saw many many small small ladies like 12 years 10 years 15 years in fact they are even giving me respect i was surprised that what these people are doing there like i can say maybe that place is hotel because that assist now gave me um this thing baby wives and shampoo to go and take my bath and give me exercise book i said this for what he said eh, as i'm working i'll be record what i'm doing inside that exercise book and this baby wives is what he said i should go and ask those people there is their instruments and now enter one room so one of the girls come and meet me that you are welcome what are you finding why did you come here and i'll tell them that why you people too are here they now said ah they don't know they are trafficking i said ah what is this what is this what are you people doing here they said they are forced into prostitution say ah, ah prostitution as how are you people not going out or i can see that you people are suffering here they said sister you better keep quiet you'll be calm these people that brought you here they are very wicked they are very wicked i said okay this is not where i'm going Sha. but this um, baby wives is used for what they said when those men are coming they are coming one by one i think i can count like 15 boys in a day for one girl sleeping with them in one room not even separate room they are in one room sleeping with them one by one and these um baby wives they will just go inside the toilet when they want to start their work there they will go inside the toilet insert the baby wife into the uh, their private pipe parts so when they start finishing their work they will now go and remove that thing in fact i can see that with a little experience i have there there are some ladies there dying because of this thing that cannot be able to come out again and with that they are having pregnancy they are aborting for them inside this place Alaji told me that okay as you are a nurse you can be able to be terminating their pregnancy i say why are they get pregnancy as they are even doing this work you don't even protect them and these people we are talking about all these ladies they have their own hand work hairdresser tailor they are there they just told them uh, they want to go and do their work this and that and they are very young ladies there the third day that i was there even the baby wives i did not even open it i just said let me be along the road all our contacts they have collected everything and my phone so that i can't be able to communicate anymore when allergy now come now come inside where i just kept myself crying there he said okay what are you doing you are not doing any work i said which work allergy come let's talk now said okay you don't want to work this is how they are paying their money i said okay which money are we talking about how much is the money are you not collecting money from these people they said that is none is none of my business i said okay those people cannot be maybe they they don't they did not pay any money but for me that i even paid you this is not what you told me and i can't do this work like like it's better i get back to nigeria alaji said okay i want to get back to nigeria did i have anybody in nigeria that off that can offer him three million for me to go back i said ah three million for what for many migrants European countries represent an opportunity for a better life. Many will stop at nothing to get to the supposed promised land. Unlike Ms. D, David Donna willfully chose to migrate to Europe illegally. He shares his experience with the officials of the National Emergency Management Authority, NEMA. I was aware that indeed we passed through that sea and all. So, you know, in life, you have to pay some price. So I had to pay the price. I, I back on this journey, my mother was feeling very bad. My mother had eye problems. So I can be able to raise money 
to meet up to our medical responsibilities, you know. My, my father is a pensioner, he has no job. So I'm talking to now, he's, he's on our home, he's jobless. I am back on this journey on the 12th of August, 2016. So I paid money to a connection man. Initially, I, I paid 400000 But the total money I have spent in this journey so far is over 1.3 million naira. Then when I was in Nigeria, I was working. I'm a professional plumber. I managed to acquire an OND in mechanical engineering, data State Polytechnic, So I'm a plumber. So through my plumbing work, I was able to raise that money. I was able to raise up to about 600,000 naira. So when I was in Libya, when they pushed us, because I'm trying to call this long story short. When, I, when they arrested us, when I was in prison, before then, I paid money to my connection man. He, he gogged me. He disappointed me. He took me to a seaside and he neglected me. He refused to push me. So I, I have to change connection. Then my mother, you know, already when they know that their child is in a critical condition, they have to look for a way to raise money. She sold everything she had. She would even go that far to be borrowing money here and there. So they were able to raise some amount of money. Even as I am now, I have a lot of debt that I know that waiting for me right now to go and pay. When I was in Tripoli, the last connection I changed to, when they pushed us, we were at the Mediterranean Sea for good 18 to 19 hours. We, we were unable to, to find rescue. So we now decided to go back because going back was the best decision. But even our captain was tired of driving and our boat was being faulty. The boat was already lessened. So so many people inside the Lapa Lapa. Lapa Lapa is the Lapadusa. It's like this canopy. They'll pump it, they'll pump air in, then they'll just pack people on it. They'll, they'll, they'll put engine. And over close to 150 passengers was inside us in Lapa Lapa. And believe you me, if they want to push, it's two methods. Either they push through the Lapa Lapa or they'll push through two wooden boats. But when you pay money to all these Arab men and all these commercial men, because of their craftiness, they will not use the good one to push you. They will use that Lapa Lapa. That's why so many people, they are dying in that very sea. So when they push us, we are at sea. We, we, we save for hours. So God will not forest you. Going back was the best option. So it was where we were coming back. We now went to confirm Zuara, Zuara Dryland. So it was when we confirmed Zuara Dryland that the, their police, they now busted us and they arrested us. They took us to Zuara prison. Then from there, they took us to Girean. So in Girean, I spent close to six months inside prison. They call it deportation camp, but believe you me, it's worse than prison because I've never been prisoned in my life. The way Libya has maltreated their own, because it's even worse than prison. They call it a deportation camp, but it's not deportation camp. It's worse than prison. It's like maybe when a kidnapper kidnaps you, he will lock you in one place, no freedom, nothing, nothing. Because those people, they are very bad. The way they maltreat blast our Nigerians, the way they maltreat our women, is too much. Just to tell you to sit down, they will use something to hit your head. They can use iron. They don't care. Before you know, they will split blood. As I am now, they have messed me up. As I am now, I'm not physically okay. Believe you me, everybody that go to Libya and return, they are all sick. They just, just want to declare that they are sick. If I go to a medical doctor, you know that many of us, we are not okay. And again, we are all being stressed. Diminished self-worth, suicidal ideas, sexually transmitted diseases and physical disabilities are some of the medical challenges faced by survivors of trafficking. I speak with Dr. Kikelomo Yekomi, a psychiatrist with the Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital, Aro, Ogun State. She says, the majority of them are put under stress to meet certain obligations from family members and most times sponsors of their trips. 
most of the time they are indebted to the people that helped them so the first thing is they collect their passports you know they tell them that they have to pay back some loans you know the processing fees um what the person that helped them to get into that country um spent so the first worry they have is how to pay back their loan when they get there you know the labor is intensive the environment is is new to them so they have to learn the culture of that place they have to learn how to integrate you know and then they also have it in mind that they need to save up and probably send money home to the dependents they left behind they are so much under stress a lot of times most of them are unable to cope and they come back either voluntarily or involuntarily so when they come back you know they come back um, disappointed they come back with a lot of shame and guilt and then um, they come back into a society that would also stigmatize them and blame them for going in the first instance that being said so some of them could actually come down with a host of mental health problems why because they are under stress now i mean they, they were under stress before they left nigeria and having gone there achieved nothing most of the time and then probably came back maybe some were even deported or some ran away so they came back with a lot of negative emotions in the midst of poor social support and acceptance so there is stigmatization you know there is financial um distress uh, i mean some of them might not even find jobs to do and there is nobody to help some might even go into hiding so they are heavily under a lot of stress and anybody who is under any type of stress can come down with any mental illness but some of the most likely mental illnesses that they might come down with include things like depression anxiety drug abuse you know drug abuse because most of the time they might resort to taking um, substances to, to, to medicate their psychological distress. And even some of them who had been abusing drugs before, they now find that the, the, the amount of drugs that they now take is increased, you know, it, it, it is escalated. So they can come down with many, many mental illnesses, especially, especially depression, anxiety, drug abuse. These three illnesses are quite common, but they are all manageable. Okay, so will they ever get over this phase in their lives? And if yes, how long will it take for it to happen? As long as you seek the right treatment, you see the problem in Nigeria is that a lot of times when people have mental health challenges, they don't go to the right sources because of shame and stigmatization. So they end up going to quacks who will mismanage them and they will not get well. You know, some even when they seem to get well, the, the illness might go and then come back again because you have not gone to the right professional. But when you go to the right professional, when you see a doctor, you see for every health challenge, the first person you must see is a doctor. Is a doctor. Don't say that, oh, I'm not mad. Eh, why should I? Why do I need to go and see a doctor? If you go and see another person, you are shortchanging yourself and wasting your time and money. So if they go to the right professionals, they are going to get well in no time. Within a month, you are already feeling fine. You are feeling much, 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 much better. Once the right treatment is instituted, you are going to feel fine. So if you are listening, please, there's help. Help is available. Don't give up. 
Margaret Ngozi-Kwebu is Nigeria's Southwest Zonal Director of the National Commission for Refugees, Migrants and Internally Displaced Persons. She tells Tomi Olugbemi that reintegrating returnees into the society is a teamwork. We, on, the, you know, on our own part, as the National Commission for Refugees, Migrants and Internally Displaced Persons, we oversee the operation. We have a registration process where we you know, take uh, the details of our returnees. And the commission has, been, uh, has embarked on a number of uh, reintegration programs. We have uh, um, training. We have um, packages that we give them so that at the end of the trainings, of course, they don't go away empty-handed. And in the past two, three years, especially during the tenure of the um, just past uh, federal Commissioner, Honorable Federal Commissioner, who is now the Honorable Minister for Humanitarian Affairs. There were a lot of programs, and these programs have been continued with the current chairman, Senator Bashir Gaba Mohammed, who is the current um, commissioner. So these trainings have evolved, and um, at the end of the trainings, they taught a lot of um, self-help things and a lot of um, vocation, vocational training so that when they're uh, empowered, they can go out and be independent and a lot of them have you know successfully achieved these um, aims it's been difficult because of course funding is always an issue but the commission has not shared in its responsibilities and that's it on this edition of now i am bumi yakini